on Vinyl Analysis. We're going to do Paul and Linda McCartney's Ram. Hey, if we're going to do a Paul McCartney album, who do we need in studio with us? The one and only Dan Orr. I remember first listening to Ram, and other than Uncle Albert, to me, it was a complete waste of time. I, and, and I can't tell you how many years it was until listen number two. It was far from love at first listen because it was just so weird. Madness, and this is Vinyl Analysis. Along with me, as always, every single week, producer Greg Hansberry. Yo. And Greg, let me just say this. You, with some of the extra bells and whistles that you throw on each week, you are just... You're a fucking phenom, bro. I appreciate you're, oh it. Oh my God, you're so good at what you do. Thank you. I'm, I'm the, so blessed to have you. The George Martin. You really oh, are. Oh, 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 that's oh, the stage a little nice. What you doing I there? I see why you keep them. That's right. Uh, Sir George Martin. Yeah, that's right. Today's album is Paul and Linda McCartney's Ram. It was released uh, May 17th, 1971. Hey, so are you. That's exactly. See, I think that's why I have gravitated over the years to this album. There is something cosmically that I'm just How drawn cool. to into that. Uh, that voice you hear right there. Musician. Radio personality. Realtor. Who wants to be a millionaire contestant? And he is the authority of all things Beatle. The one and only Dan Orr. Danny, what's up? Hello, boys. Very, uh, very nice to be back, especially with this album. It is. And we have been... Dan and I have been talking about doing something regarding Ram for damn near 20 years, haven't we, Dan? We've it seems always... like it. It seems it... like it. Yeah, it seems to be one of those albums that gets no love or no next love. to no love. And boy, oh boy, now that we have a nice uh, uh, media, uh, let's say, to no uh, discuss it, let's do that. Let's do this. And, and remember, you can access Medium. Vinyl Analysis at QFM96.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, Dan, there were three singles released from this album. Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey. Uh, then you got the, uh, the Backseat of My Car and Eat at Home. Now, your discovery, and you know, we don't need to even talk about our history, your history, because of season one, and this is season two, Dan. And what do you think oh. of the new Vinyl Analysis Studios? Very nice new studio. A little it's roomy. bigger, it's better. Huh? Yeah, huh? yeah, right, absolutely. And it's decked out in Halloween type uh, shit. Oh, I see. That's not year round because there's no. still a Christmas tree up there too. Well, you know, there's uh, there's that angle. Yeah, but, but I uh, see these masks on the album covers uh -huh, on the wall. Uh -huh. I thought that was just decor, but I see it's Halloween. No, no okay. it's supposed to scare you, Dan. It and does. there's an arm underneath the couch. <laughs> ah, yeah, sure enough. Dan, yeah. talk about your love of this album before we start breaking it down. Just just talk about your love of this record. Okay, Ram, Paul McCartney's second post-Beatle album. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'll tell you, I knew we were, as you said, for a long time we've been talking about this album, like yeah. we're going to be discussing it, and I will be damned, honest to God, if I can put my finger on and, and articulate why I love this album. I, I really can't. It's just one of those things, when I, when I first got into the Beatles, you know, when I was 12 years old, 
and I had to like listen to everything, not not just Beatles, but the solo stuff. I remember first listening to Ram, and I heard Uncle Albert, and I was like, oh my god, I've always known this song. Yeah, yeah, I had the exactly. Forty five exactly. handed down from my brother right. or sister, and but other than Uncle Albert, to me it was a complete waste of time. It's like okay, on to the next one, I, and and I can't tell you how many years it was until listen number two. It was far from love at first listen because it was just so weird. And at that time, I just wanted to hear, to me, what was so cool about getting into the Beatles at that age was, oh, they did that song? Oh, they do this one too? But that sounds nothing like that. It's the same band. And that, from when I got into the Beatles, man, it was all about realizing which songs were there. So when I listened to Rams, like, oh, this is not only is this completely unfamiliar, it's just not even hooked. You know, it's not me. It's not, it doesn't sound like the Beatles. It doesn't sound like Paul, except for Uncle Albert, which is the most amazing song ever. And a precursor, I think, that song, that vibe of that whole track sounds kind of Wings-esque oh, yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, right? kinda, it, was, it was a hint of things to come. And layers, it was also a layers. little bit, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Paul became very well-known for taking portions of songs, as he and, and John and the Beatles did in Abbey Road, portions of songs, unfinished songs, putting them all together as one. I mean, the song Band on the Run is five different songs. Yes. The song Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey is five different songs. Yes. Um, and, and that's kind of became his thing. And I, God, I wish he would do that again. You know, I wish anybody would do that again. Do we, but nobody does that. Do know? we blame... Do we blame the critics of when this record came out? It came, like I said, May seventeenth, yeah. nineteen seventy one, and it was absolutely panned by the critics. Uh, the other Beatles tore him apart yeah, on this did. one, and and we'll get to the whole John and him on this. Yeah, uh, but I, that's what I think. I mean, I always saw this growing up in the record stores, and was like, yeah, I don't know. This is like you it see was it a lot in the bargain. It, bin, it, it don't had you? a lot of bargain yeah. bin vibe to yeah. it, and I think that's because no one really ever talked about it. Now. I discovered it in college, uh, and you you can back me up on this, Dan, and, and you know me for a long, long time. When people were buying CDs, I was still buying records. Yeah. I mean, when we'd go out. Oh, I'm and, the same and, way. I've, I've been so delayed, and now I'm still listening to CDs and, you know, not doing the, the you know, MP3s. And, no, and that you kind of thing. And I'm, and you I'm finally, oh, yeah. yeah, I fought CDs forever. Finally gave that up and gave up way too much of my vinyl collection. I mean, I had last count, I was at like thirty five hundred albums, vinyl albums. Oh, that's awesome. And but that that's was awesome. you know, and that was awesome until you know you get married in a house and try to put them somewhere. Yeah. And oh, that's so, her problem. I, Dan. I know. That's, that's, that's my life right now. So many. So then it became CDs, and now I have a crap ton of those, and nobody, and people laugh at them. If you you have CDs, why? Which is a good question because it's hard to answer that one, you know. But vinyl is now cool again. It's like son of a bitch. I know, and <laughs> but, and and this is something I really want to hit on this on this album. Yeah. Before there was Biggie and Tupac, <laughs> right? You this was fresh. Now this was going on, you know, and Paul recorded this album while the whole legal thing oh, was yeah. going on with the the fight for the oh, Beatles and the dissolution point, and yeah. that whole thing. Paul only says that there's there's one song, maybe one too many people. Okay, too many people the opening track. He says that yes, there is a this is kind of a uh talking. He thought John was getting a little preachy and 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 all of that stuff. So so this is a song and it, once you realize that Paul maybe did throw a jab at John, you start listening to this whole record and it totally changes every single song, Dan. There seems like there's something that you could throw, yeah. say that it's a diss against John Lennon. And John was at his most paranoid at this point, listening to the album, dissecting it, saying, oh, this is about me, this is about me. When Paul said, you know, his answer to that was, and, and even kind of recently he said, there's just a line or two in Too Many People when they says Too Many People Preaching Practices. Yeah, that was directed at John Yoko. 
uh, maybe another line here or there. But for instance, the song that we're, maybe we'll talk about later, uh, Dear Boy, John thought was about him. And Paul said, no, that was about Linda's ex-husband because he didn't know what he gave up when, right. he, when he, you know, when they went through separate ways. I don't believe it. Yeah, you know? I don't believe yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, well, there might be some of that yeah. in there. Yeah. But uh, I just, uh, I just want, I... But, but, I don't know, Danny. What well, about three legs? What about three legs? Now, some of them think that that's directed at the uh, other three guys yes, in the Beatles. Yes, John George Ringo. I mean, uh, what do you... It, I mean, think, you look at lyrically this album, it is such a hodgepodge. I, it, it makes David Bowie, you know, look like, <laughs> like he makes sense. I mean, lyrically, there's nothing that makes sense. There are no Let It Be's on this album. I mean, Too Many People is really the closest and maybe only song that has any cohesive point to it. Every other song, you look at the lyrics like, what the hell? Well, but it doesn't matter. You well, know, it's, I mean, it's just the coolest sounds and the greatest songs, you know? Now, Monkberry Moon Delight, <laughs> I, I get it. That's that's a hodgepodge. But when I'm listening to, you know, Three Legs, uh, Too Many People, Dear Boy, Smile Away, even, there's some elements of go <laughs> fuck yourself gently, Lennon, right? <laughs> I mean, do you, do, you, do you not hear some of that, Dan? Well, it could be. It could be. But I mean, I'm going with Paul on this. Okay. All <laughs> I mean, right. After all these years, well, well, Paul just, says no, it wasn't. Okay. But I could see how anything at that time could have been taken no, that way. Only Dan. Uh, the song that uh, you know George teamed up with John on. How do you sleep? Okay. Is that prior, during, after? After what is this, that? Okay. 100 directed at Paul. But yeah. th- that was kind of their response to yeah. to some right. of these Ram tracks. Or well, whatever, and or whatever. It, yeah. How do you sleep at night? Now, Paul even was ready to come back at him. With a quite well, thank you very much. Yeah, that was a song that he, a song title that he was tossing was around in his head, yeah. and yeah. it never happened. Well, just like let's go ahead another couple of years, silly love songs. You always hear that. That's Paul's. That's, yes, that's Paul's response yes. to, to John Lennon saying that that Paul that's, only does silly love songs. Which I've read every Lennon interview. I've never seen anything where John says Paul wrote see? just nothing but silly love songs. That's why we got Dan Orr in here. I'm not saying it didn't happen, and it makes for a great story. But I've never seen the quote, and I'm not counting stuff you see on Facebook. People, people attribute. I just saw it in the last two days because of I don't want to date this uh, recording, but okay. people talking about Lennon's birthday and yeah. they always put up on Facebook, and they put these wonderful quotes. And it's like you know that's a nice quote and that's a cool picture of Lennon, but he never said that, you know. And that's <laughs> kind of how I feel ways. on this whole silly love song thing. I mean, fake news. Yeah, fake God, news. God man. knows Lennon had his criticisms of Paul and many of them. But I just never saw anything where he said nothing but silly love songs, you know. But where still are makes you at, a great story. Where are you at right now? And, and granted, I, I know a lot of people, and I've asked you this a million times, just yeah. even when we're in the car. I mean, where, where are you at now? Do you do you still, I mean, because we have more Paul to pull from. That's exactly it. I mean, it, it changes all the tough. time. It's I mean, tough, I have right? this conversation with my daughter what a phase, lot. She's, well, what phase is Justine going through now? We all go, except Ringo phases, but I mean. Never a Ringo phase. Never a Ringo phase. <laughs> never a Ringo phase. But I mean, we have it where it's like George is our favorite, John yeah. is our favorite, Paul For is our me, favorite. For me, it's seasonal. Yeah, I mean, when it becomes winter, it is total Lennon because that's when I got into John. I mean, that's when I got into the Beatles and Okay, I got into the Beatles just before John got killed. I mean, double fantasy was literally huge for like you, two wasn't or three it? weeks. I invaded my older brother's room. He had moved to college. I got into the Beatles stuff, and I became fascinated. And then a couple of weeks later, he was killed. And then the media onslaught on the you know you heard nothing but John songs and Beatles songs. So to me, winter is John. Okay, I, wow. I have to jump in because I have an almost similar story with George. Tell us. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I started listening to the Beatles in high school. I always, you know, grew up with them. But when I started becoming my own and and playing guitar, digging, 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 
George Harrison dies of cancer. So, yeah. and, and then it then Doesn't that suck. It's, yeah. You're just getting into somebody. It gives me chills because yeah. then you watch. I remember watching MTV back when it was cool. Yeah. And watching all these uh, videos of and tributes to George Harrison, and it kind of just dug in deeper. That's and made just it. it. Made I it mean, if, if there's a silver lining to the horrible thing that happened to both of those guys, is like you said, man, that you just hear their music everywhere. And and that fed my obsession. I was just learning. I was just getting into them. And my God, you couldn't escape the music then. It was everywhere, you know. And that's before social media and all that stuff. And that's what made me the the fan because it just put it into hyperdrive. So as horrible and sad as that moment was, December eighth, for me, I'm such a double fantasy guy. When when oh. late November, December rolls around. Oh, it, right. Oh my God. And I yeah. and, and I tear up. Yeah, I tear up, man. Last time, my wife and I, and we go, we find an excuse to go to New York like about every other year. We always go out Central Park, and usually in the fall. And and she she pulls up double fantasy songs as we're walking through yeah, Central Park. How could you not? And it's just the coolest. It's You've the seen coolest those feeling. videos where he's walking through there. Oh and, yeah. And and you know this is this is the beauty of what the Beatles brought to music. It, they're the genesis of it, and not yeah. the Phil Collins and yeah, Peter yeah. Gabriel genesis. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're the beginning of this. Uh, even for an '80s metalhead, I mean, I've I've got a kid with the middle name McCartney. I it just yeah. they've influenced all of my Everybody. heroes. Yeah. I, I saw a picture of and, and last week was the uh, the birthday of uh, John Lennon, right? And you, I saw a picture of Ozzy Osbourne at he was there at Strawberry Fields and he was laying flowers yeah, I've down. I've seen that. I've seen that. And it's like you, you, I mean, yeah. even the King, the Godfather of heavy metal, yeah. bows. At you know with 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 the Beatles and John and Paul and 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 George and Ringo and everything that they've done, but but, but to answer your question, yes, uh, there's a very long answer. And it's not no, really no. Uh, this is what this show it, is about. And it's not very an answer, long. Answers. But as far as favorites, when it it does change, and just exactly like you said, Paul's given us so much more to love and to be embarrassed by. He's got a few things. It's like oh, I hope nobody else hears that. You know, but yeah, but he's yeah. got so much more. So I mean, I guess more often than not, I guess you could say I'm a Paul guy. But I mean, I I'm Lennon to the core, and I love George. George Harrison will always be the coolest Beatle, no matter what. You know, he made a few things that weren't as you know attractive to the ears, but he will always be the coolest Beatle because yeah. he didn't care. No, you know, people. You can say Lennon's acerbic. That's fine, but 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 Harrison was by far the most real. Didn't didn't jump on anything for for press or whatever. He just. And to me, the Wilburys were the coolest thing because those were guys that were just like him that also didn't care, that loved what they did, and he could laugh with them. And just, God, I just wish the Wilburys, and we just lost another one. I know. I just, I was so, so sad when, when, when George passed because I think they were getting ready to tour. Well, you know? Dan, it, look, and I'm not trying to be a dick about this, but George Harrison didn't have a choice. When you're in a band with John Lennon and yeah. Paul McCartney, you're third fiddle, kid. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I think Paul, this is going to sound, this is the second week in a row I've said something blasphemous, but I, I think honestly right now, and I, I was reading an article a couple weeks ago, Danny, and, and they were talking about how Paul, just because of his longevity, is almost bigger than the Beatles right now, and, and how, let's not even think about that, but it's, it is... Yeah, I mean. it, I mean, who who really touches him? Yeah, I don't the, know. The Stones I don't never know. broke up. We'll, we'll hand that, that to the Stones. Well, but but yeah, Paul's 
Paul's done everything. I mean, the knock on Paul is is what makes him great is what hurts him. Is like you said, he's popular. He's, he's lasted this long, but to him, he wants it and needs it, and yes, that's a turn off to right the on. cool people. It's it like, is. You it know, is. he does things, and he, you know, he's teaming up with Kanye, and he's doing these things. But <laughs> you know, I'll be damned You're if right. it doesn't keep him going. Maybe it doesn't work with the media and and the, and the fans, but it keeps him interested, and he's still out there doing these songs. God knows he doesn't have to tour. But I'm so glad he does, you know. You know, and, the and he com- plays the hits, by the way. Yeah, yeah. right. You know, he's not right? like Dylan out there doing Frank Sinatra covers. Yeah, but he does throw a bunch in that. I mean, he could do nothing but number one hits, and he does plenty of songs. And every tour, he adds something, makes it interesting for the you know the, well, that's the diehards. The thing with a, a Beatles record, to your point, yeah, you could play any song at this point, yeah. and it's a hit. Do you yeah. know I went and and bought my entire family tickets to see Paul McCartney. On one of the tours, just because he was doing 1985. Yeah, yeah. And mean, you thought, and you thought yeah. he'd never do it after the tour. I never and that, thought he's he'd done do it every tour since. Has he done it every yeah, tour it's since? It's crazy. It's funny the ones that stick with him. I'm that way with Letting Go. That's one of my favorite songs from Venus and Mars. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! And one tour, right. he, he was doing that, and he opened up with Ram On, so to speak. Oh, that's why we're here. And uh, and it's like, oh my god, he's going doing two of my absolute favorites that I never thought. You know, I didn't think even he remembered Letting Go. But now he does that still today in his tours. And I always feel bad for Paul when you brought up the Stones, and there's always that comparison. But Keith and Mick have always had each other. They had fights mm-hmm. and were able to make up. But John and Paul yeah. never. I just, I, I just... I know. Music was cheated so much. I thought of that during Lennon's birthday. It's like, man, somebody owes me 37 years of great music. You, you know? know? That's the bitch. truth, Danny. Yeah. It's the truth, man. And and those guys were, I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll look back at the Stones and the Zeppelins and, and Elvis and everybody else, but Lennon McCartney is, is Bach and Beethoven and Tchaikovsky. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That I mean, you and I'm not waxing poetically. That's that's the fucking truth, man. Hey, yeah. don't forget that you can access uh, all of season one vinyl analysis podcast at qfm96.com. And Danny was on that season. We did uh, Van Halen's Diver Down. Yes, we did. Had a oobs fucking blast about. doing it. Had a <laughs> blast doing it. Uh, yeah. But today we are talking about Paul and Linda McCartney's Ram, the only record they did together, which is was credited together. Yeah. Credited together. Yes. Well, yeah, she was. You know, God rest her soul, but she was always kind of hanging around. And and here's the thing. We were joking about this off the air, but this is something that I, I've always thought about when it came to the album Ram. How did he make her sound good, Dan? We know she was damn near tone deaf, and everyone's heard the Howard Stern. You're uh, right. The, 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 mic, the mic. During the... Uh, the, the um... What tour? I can't remember what tour that was, but it was a show at Madison Square. Yeah, she's and doing, somebody gave Stern. She's doing the na 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 nas during oh, Hey dear Jude. God, it sounds yeah. like you and me. And just hear her mic. But I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. I don't think he. Well, yeah, he absolutely did make her sound good because he coached her. But it's not studio tricks. She actually could sing. Like when she's singing backup, and obviously it's 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 a studio. He makes her double and triple her voice and all that. And I agree. We talked about it a little before we started recording here. She sounds great on this album. Oh, she does, like, man. I, I, I wouldn't want to listen to this album without her on it, and I mean that. Um, there are so many parts it on works. here where it, 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 works. it sounds so cool. Um, he embraced her funkiness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it actually works with these songs, the backup that she does. And then there's some where she, I mean, she doesn't sing lead on anything, but there are, like on uh, Long Haired Lady that she oh, does her, right. do you love me like, and she's actually singing it exaggerated and kind of with a tongue-in-cheek, I think. But I guarantee you, Paul 
coached her on that. Don't get me wrong. And she admitted that. She's like, she's like, this is new to me. He wanted me to go on the road with him, so I'm going to learn because he wants me to. So I think it's fair to say that, yeah, he absolutely molded her the best he could. But listening to this album, yes, she could sing. And also, there's a video floating out there. I, I got the Ram box set a few years ago. And there's this really cool... Um, homemade film of them sitting outside probably their Scottish farm up against a barn and they're just singing and they're doing harmony and I think it's Hey Diddle but I'm not sure what song they're doing but I'll be damned if she doesn't sound great on that I mean she's really she he put her in the ear. right positions you know what I yeah. mean it's yeah. like Tyron Lue yeah. You know, just put her, put, <laughs> right? But, but you know, had, just put, put you know, those people in the right positions. But she, she couldn't win. I mean, she, she's coming in after, after partnership of Lennon McCartney, and now it's a partnership of McCartney and Linda McCartney. It's like, yeah, did we, couldn't win. Did we ever solve this? I don't know. And this conversation started with that. But I mean, this is my, this is one of my all time favorite, uh, like anything related Beatles. I mean, Double Fantasy's up there. Yes, Revolver. And, and I, I, come on now. I, I get that, but when I go back, if I'm going to pull something from the very, very big catalog of all four of these cats, mm -hmm. it's this one I go back to, and I can't, yeah, I can't explain it. But it's something, Dan. You, like I said, and I wasn't joking. I, Dan and I have been talking about this for 20 years. I, how special this album is. I to listen both to of Ram us. obsessively still today. Yeah, and I mean, I honestly listen to it every damn month. This one and Back to the Egg. And these are both, just like I told you, just like yes. when I told you my first listen to Ram, uh -huh. I was one and done with it for the longest time. Same with Back to the Egg. I remember listening, actually I first heard it on 8-track, and I'm clicking through, and it's like, man, this is, there's just no, I mean, um, uh, Arrow Through Me was cool. Yeah, you know that's and, a, and I, it's a and soft I heard spot that with me. Getting closer was the single, so I listened to that. I thought, okay, this rocks, but it's um, yeah, this album really is not. This is not a good album, which sadly Paul still says, which is untrue. Does, yes, but today I'll go ahead and give you my five favorite. And I want to know it. yours Just too. I want to hear it. Here are my five favorite McCartney post Beatles oh, wow. albums. Wow, and, and and two of them I listen to all the time. Gotcha. First one I'll go uh, chronologically. Ram. Second one is Venus and Mars. Third one is Back to the Egg. Fourth one is Tug of War, yes, even though it has Ebony and Ivory. And the fifth one is Flaming Pie. Oh my God, damn, we're very similar. Chaos we're and very... Creation in the Backyard is, is elbowing its way in, but no. <laughs> Flaming Pie was a very, very emotional record. Yeah. It, it just, it, um, and we saw that tour, yeah. Dan, remember? Oh, we were yeah. right afterwards, well, right after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We, we heard, you know, right after that. Yeah. Uh, Ram, Back to the Egg. Where do... <sighs> This is going to sound real cheesy, and I know Chuck Oney's got my back on this. Where does London Town? Where does that? For me, low. Okay. Now, okay. All right. Um, I, I, I get but that. Not, you know, my a lot my, of people. My, that's kind of the Kiss Elder. Our buddy Bob Watts <laughs> and my bass player with my band. Okay. Uh, uh, he absolutely loves that album, and I try to warm up to it. Okay. Not that there aren't some great songs on there, and there sure are. But no. Okay. One of okay. my favorite McCartney solo tracks is Morse Moose and the Grey Goose. There you go. Nice. Yeah, just a funky <laughs> dance track. And, and, <laughs> and also, I'm going to throw, just because I had the record. I actually had the record on this one, Pipes of Peace. Uh, that's, hey, I am the biggest defender of that album, and I know people uh, trash that trash record. Trash it, Dan. And I get why they do. Believe me, I get it. But man, Paul never sounded better than he did on this vocally. Yeah. Now, granted, some of the songs, it's a very lightweight album. But God, he sounds good, and it is so hooky. I mean, yeah, there are some let's call them stupid songs on there, but I love them. I love Come the sound on. of them. Plus, I was such a tug of war guy, and that was the sequel to it right. that I couldn't help. I, love it. It, I it, mean, it could, I love those, it, man. It, it couldn't help but be a favorite album of mine. 
you know, yes, it had Say, Say, Say on it. And, you know, there, it had some songs that would be considered throwaway. But, man, I go back and listen to that album. It is the best sounding album of his, in I, my I, opinion. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. But, uh, yeah, Ram and Back to the Egg are two of my favorites. Band on the Run was was really big with me and, and my and my sisters, my older sisters. That was a huge thing for us. Yeah, and, universally and, acclaimed as right, his greatest post-Beatle right. moment. And it, you can't argue it. It's a great album, but it does it doesn't have the same magic for me that some of these others do. Right, right. And I was curious. I didn't. I, I and I thought I couldn't remember if it was you or Bob that were pro or for it or again it as far as London. Oh, Town. Bob's a big. My, <laughs> Bob Watts loves London Town. Yeah, I, man. I, so I don't. Chuck. And yeah. I, we just we kind of talked about that when he was on here. And can't get into London Town. I'm not a big uh, Red Rose Speedway guy. There's some beautiful songs on it. Really, I thought that was. And, and there's a lot of songs on there that are left over from Ram. You would think I would. To- but no, man. I can't get into. Um, and I'm not saying I don't like them. I'm saying because they're all. Come on. I don't, it's not right. like I dislike any of them, but as far as never like grabbed me by like these other ones do, Wildlife Wings, which followed Ram, which you would think would be the next step. Yeah, not now, really. Wildlife, not really for me either. Could never latch on to Wildlife. Um, Wings of the Speed of Sound. I mean, that to me is the ultimate McCartney at, at his height. I mean, but had both Let Him In and Silly Love Songs. And when I when I hear anything from that album, I'd rather hear it from the cheap swimming pool speaker at J.C. Pool because that's how I heard them. You know, I, right. I, Silly Love Songs coming through a bad swimming pool speaker is the best way to hear it, you know? Take right. me back and, to J.C. Pool by Beechcroft. And, you know, I've seen Paul... Oh, listen to that. Those are my favorite stories. Absolutely. That when it's it's pool, man. And you, you, you do. I always... chlorine when you hear those songs from 76, you know, Oh, and I think of Denny coming out with the drum in 1970s, you know, with yeah. the, acting like he's... Anyway, yeah. fighting for liberty. I, it, it just, and I'm, and I'm trying to think. I've seen McCartney four times, uh, three of them with you, Danny. Yeah. And in that first show in Vegas, uh, back in, in whenever. That's, yeah. that's okay. That's why I kind of, and Flaming Pie would have been, you know, obviously a couple years before, before that. But, but, yeah. but still, I, that was kind of, I was still on that kick mm. when we saw that, that tour. Yeah. Do you, and go ahead and tell Greg what I did when, when McCartney came out. Let's hear it. I cried. Oh, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I sorry. cried. Dan's like, you okay, show. man? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Hey. No, I cried. Yeah. I cried. First yeah. time Takes I saw man. I, 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 I remember what give song it was, too. It was during All My Loving. Oh, yeah. That was bad. It was tough, man. He was, like, showing pictures of the Beatles and him and John and stuff, and I was just, yeah. I was like, damn. Well, again, that's the thing. The Beatles, they just pull on those emotional strings because, A, the music just gets you, but they've been with you your entire life, no yeah. matter who you are, and, and as you're talking about, uh, it's with your childhood or your, you know, your love interest or whatever. There's something that just pulls on you, and that's my kids. With, all music does. My, that. my kids and I know Dan's the same way. I mean, that's if we're really going on a long trip. That's what the, that's. They're like, Dad, make sure you bring this, Dad. And it's always, it's kids. always McCartney, Lennon. It's yeah. always something beetled out. They're four man. and two. Unfortunately, the only one they know is Ringo right now. But well, that's <laughs> yeah. you always got to start him off with Ringo, right? right? He's, 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 he's the kid man. friendly one. Yeah. Garden, bro. You <laughs> want it or not? a train engine, man. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, then there he was that. The kids show. Then there was yellow that. submarine, freaking submarine. It was yellow as a cartoon. All right. The Spotify playlist is a nice accompaniment to vinyl analysis. This one's gonna be real good, I bet. You can search for Archie Vinyl Analysis. All right, here we go. This is what Hansberry's been waiting for, and Dan, just do it to the best of your ability. All right. Because I bring it up quite often. The time that you and I met Paul McCartney. What do you remember from that? How? What was... Talk about... what? Just talk about your memories, because I want to get this on tape, because it is foggy, and we know why a lot of my... Why I have a short term. We all know why. 
Okay. But we don't need to go into that. But I'm um, just talk talk to me, Goose. I mean, okay, Paul that whole gonna, day. Paul was going to come in to QFM 96 and do Rockline, the nationally syndicated, maybe even worldwide, but definitely nationally syndicated call-in show, Rockline. But that's that was, where we're based out of. We're based out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. We do that because we got listeners in like okay. Sweden and stuff. Yep, and and Norway. it was going to happen, Norway. and I my was bad. absolutely freaking out. Like, I was just, oh my god. And then that got canceled, and it was a big letdown. And and his manager called and said, sorry, we're not going to be able to do Rockline from your studio, um, but I'll tell you what, we're going to set up a phone call. You guys can do a phone call with him before he comes into town. I'm like, this is still awesome. Yes. We're going to talk to Paul McCartney. We're going to talk McCartney. to Paul McCartney, man. And I actually had, you know, I don't know if you knew this, I actually got to talk to Paul on Rockline just as a mm-hmm. as a nobody listener. Come on, Dan, uh, I remember that. Ahead. I know you talked. Yeah, that story a, that is was, infamous. It was only the biggest part of my life up to that point. Right. <laughs> Till the birth of Justine. Yeah, but exactly. Sure. Um, and so here we are. We're going to actually talk to Paul, you know, our morning show, and that fell through. And they said, okay, sorry. I know we keep striking out here. Tell you what, we'll make it up to you. You guys will be the only ones to get to meet him backstage. You can do an interview then. It's like, okay. I remember that part. Yeah. So um, so it, became, it, it came down to they allowed, I think, four people back there. And to his credit, Jerry Elliott said, Dan, I know you're a big fan. I don't have to go back. You, if there's anybody Beatles back there, because right you know your stuff, you should go. So thank you, Jerry, for that. Yes. Wags went because he's Daddy Wags, and the and the program director said you got to go back there, Wags. But Wags didn't even want to go because that right. was the opening night of the Jackets, and you're the biggest Jackets fan I know. But, oh, I didn't even care. But I not, wanted, not I, when it comes up to meeting Paul McCartney. No, no, it was I was totally focused in. I have also have a kid named Nash. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, uh, the other yeah. one's McCartney, but I have a kid named Nash, and I was yes. I was zeroed in, Danny. Charlie, our program director. God, of course, thank he's you, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Yes, thank you, Charlie. Charlie's our program director, so he's definitely going to let us go back. So it was it was Charlie, me, and Wags, actually. And you know what? Now I think about it. They were allowing three people back yeah. there. Yeah, Danny. And, See? and See? I, kept, I kept saying, Arch, you can make this. Do you remember that? I do. It's like, I do. Arch, we'll get you in. We'll get you in. We'll get you in. And just don't go anywhere. And, and so we get to, shot, to the shot about the time we're supposed to be there, and we're hearing that Paul's way behind, which just means bad things. It's either not going to happen at all. Or he's going to be so rushed that it'll be like rude and bad and whatever. But we get there and we ended up. How long were we were there? Arch, probably two hours almost. Yeah. Just sitting there with his manager Jeff Baker, which I knew him just because I didn't know him personally. But it's like to me, he was a celebrity because he's he was he's, Paul's guy for the yeah, longest time. For, for really for the the last at that point. Yeah. Fifteen. Well, it was, I couldn't tell you. Well, that, fair but, enough. It's all but, good. But Don't for quite something. a while. Right. For a long time. And uh, he's sadly he's no longer. Yes. But anyhow, I know. Um, but the, he was treating us so nicely back in this room. And again, there was no other media back there. And they were so like it was like they owed us something. And I'm telling you right now, there was no politics. There was no we'll play your record and then we'll let you meet Paul. There was none of that because I don't think we weren't playing his record. They were just being nice. Right. And um, so anyway, we're sitting back there and there's two couches. Um, Sat a, a, a perpendicular to each yes, other by the end. That's like, what, like, see, I've got that story. I got yeah. that part right, Dan. And then you know, after, si- couch, after sitting man. back there, and they're treating us so so nice. And and actually, all the rest of the guys in the room uh, and women, they're doing. They're on laptops. They're actually Paul's like online people, and they're they're just doing their jobs. And we're sitting back there, trying not to freak out, trying not to be Chris Farley about this. Mm-hmm. And um, and then who do we see at at the doorway outside the hall? There's Paul standing there talking to somebody. Like, oh my. Holy crap! There he is. This is happening, and um, and then and then we hear him out there doing a sound check, and he's going through about forty minutes of songs to to an empty, you know, to an empty two thousand or twenty thousand seat arena, just going through a sound check, and we're still back there. And I'm kind of glad I had this time because I'm writing out these these questions. I know you were too. Yeah. And it's like, how can we ask questions that 
that he hasn't been, you know, been asked a billion times that we really want to know answers to that will also introduce or that will also interest our audience. So, That's awesome. oh, dude, it, yeah. it, it was you like this. Think of that. What, you, was, what would you ask? Yeah. This what is bringing it back him? all yeah. to me, man. Yeah. I can remember yeah. that day. I and can remember like, that day. This is, I mean, this is what this is the reason I got into radio, and it really is. <laughs> my, my reason for getting into radio was to get an autograph from the guy by mail. Even I never thought I'd actually get to meet and, and interview. Dan the guy. tried to get to. Yeah, by the way. and so writing out these questions. Then Paul comes in. And we all stand up, and he's kind of a shorter guy. And then we, he's a tiny little Brit, man. <laughs> and we shake his hand, and we're freaking out and trying not to, you know, we're trying to be professional. And we all sit down and got the little recorder. And so along the one wall, the one couch is Charlie and Paul. And Paul's sitting at the end of that. that. Yeah. And then the adjoining couch is me, you, and Wags. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, uh, and so. Uh, Wags at this point was again. Wags runs the show, or he did back then, and he let me have the mic. He knew, you know, he knew what this meant to me, and he knew that I'd be the guy. And so, in this case, thank you, Wags. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Wags. No doubt, man. And so we're sitting there at the end of the of the of the couch, and and Paul and I are right next to each other, just passing the mic back and forth. And then we pass it down to you. Wags got in some questions, but really, it was me and you doing that that interview. You know, I do remember Paul walking in, and that being a big moment. We all stood up. And he Just was kind like of apologizing because he saw us earlier. He's like, oh, you guys have been sitting here a while waiting, yeah. you know, and, and apologizing for taking so long in the sound I check. stared. At, I, remember st I remember staring at his hands a lot yeah. and thinking, wow, man, those are the, you know, yeah. the Hofner base. I mean, I, it was. it's weird when you don't think about shit like that until you're standing there or sitting there with a the fucking beetle. And then yeah. you're like, then, you're, then everything's running through your head. Yeah. I was staring at his hands. I was, was like, how? And I remember thinking to myself. How am I going to make him say my name? Because he hasn't referenced really any of us at this point. Yeah, and we wrote out our names so he could see positionally. Right. Yeah. But yours was the only name he uttered of all of ours. Out of all of our names. And, and I remember saying to him, because I knew, I mean, Dan and I, Dan, obviously Dan's on another plane when it comes to, to the Beatles and stuff, but I knew Paul's love of music came from his father. And I, and I knew that that was a very tight relationship you know, from the stories yeah. that I've read and studied. And a great way to get his attention. And I told him, I said, such a family I, guy. I got my love of music from my father. And I told him that my dad told me that there was only a couple guys who could play anything. Roy Clark and you. <laughs> and I pointed right at him and I said, my dad said you could play anything. And, and so then that's when he came back and was like, Thank you. You Dan does it better. Well, yeah, you're talking about bass. Your question when he said that was, uh, "You're one of the greatest bass players ever." Yeah, like you didn't want to play bass. You were asking about how when he got became the bass so player in the Beatles, because you. originally it was Stu Sutcliffe, mm -hmm. and and like Paul, did it bother you that you became the bass player when you didn't want to be? Because let's face it, today you're known as the greatest bass player in the world. And he goes, "Thank you, Archie. Thank you, Archie." <laughs> so I let him down that road. Yeah. <laughs> you, you fed know, his ego because he I needs fed his he ego. Needs some, you know. I fed his ego. I also told him of uh, where I got my love of music from i was just trying to build yeah. this bond with this guy and the other thing i remember i remember and and george had passed at, at this yeah. at this point I, I remember him talking about john and i remember him talking about george well yeah my last question for tim was was what's your what's the quality you like and best i was about just, george and i was trying to take it all in i was staring at him and i'm thinking to myself this is paul mccartney yeah he's within inches from me and he's talking about John. Yeah. And he's talking about George. Yeah. And it was just, it was, it was so hard to concentrate. It yeah. was so hard to concentrate. It was so overwhelming for all of us. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the Beatles are the reason why most of us are even in this business. The reason but, why we love music, the reason why we can do everything we do and on our end in our business. And here's the thing. Could he have been cooler? He was so yeah. nice. He was not in no hurry, even though so he was nice. running late. And even though we were holding up the show by our little interview here, he was he was chatting about anything we wanted. And we've had so many backstage experiences, Arch. And it's usually not the artists. It's usually the managers who are the assholes. Usually the managers before the artists come out are the bad guys and say, don't do this, don't do that. And if you do this, you're out of here, blah, blah, blah. And it makes for a bad experience. Yes, it does. Usually backstage experiences are not that great. And they were all so nice they to were us. They so, like they owed us something. It's like, you're Paul freaking McCartney, man. You can be a dick if you want. <laughs> but no, they were, and, it, it was great. And this was cool. Yeah, go and ahead, I Danny. actually wrapped up the interview. I'm the one that, like, nobody gave me the wrap-up sign. And I know that that crowd, you could hear the crowd out there. And, and Paul had done, like I said, a 40-minute sound check before they opened the doors. And here we are taking up his time. And it killed me to, to say, okay, Paul, we're done with you. But we got to let you out and let these people enjoy yeah. you now. And, you know. And so we, we talked to him for 25 minutes with that interview. And then when we were done... I had my small stack of albums for him to sign, yeah, and that's, that's when he a, said, that well, fucking pipe dream we just that was. sign one, Dan. And it's like, okay, you're right. I'm kind of a stalker now. But I but that's to... what they agreed to. I think that is like the back in the day, from because I went and studied after that. Yeah. And, and I think that is an agreement that the guys, they all had at that point. Yeah. Well, that at that sense. point, it was him and Ringo, well, but they, with they only signed one thing at a time, and that was part of the agreement that they had all set out that, I get it, because they don't want, you know, but it was pretty yeah, obvious that we were... days with all your So what you have him sign, Dan? Yeah. Uh, this is a story in and of itself, what we had him sign. For me, it was it was the Yesterday and Today album, which... Which most, was your first, was which, that your first one, right? Well, that's one of the songs I told you when I, when I invaded my brother's room. He had Yesterday and Today, Meet the Beatles, and Hey Jude. Remember, Hey Jude was an album at one point, an American mm -hmm. release. You don't really see that one anymore. That was just an American, and, yeah, oh, yeah, the dark yeah. one. So yeah, I had those three albums, and the one that truly got me, I loved Meet the Beatles, but the one that totally sucked me in was Yesterday and Today, because of Nowhere Man, you know, and, and, oh. and there's so many great songs on it. But not only that, it's a, it's a white album cover or a light cover, so there was room, for, you could see his was signature. A Butcher Beatles? This was, that was the same album, uh, mine was not the Butcher okay. cover. It wasn't the Butcher yeah, yeah, one. Now, yeah. it could be underneath it, but I'll never know, because it's got Paul's signature on it. So. Don't you ever. <laughs> That's right. But that thing's worth like a gajillion dollars from what I watch on those yeah, on those shows. I did think about that later. It's like, hmm, I probably should have checked shows. this out. But anyway, I got it for, for several reasons. It's the first album I truly fell in love with. And even though that, you know, the Beatles themselves, I mean, hell, they, that's why they did the Butcher cover, because they hated those albums. They hated the American ones because they, they wrecked their albums. So, I mean, he probably looked at that and said, really, you're making me sign this? But I didn't care. So it, you could see his signature on it because it was a light album cover. Plus, it had Yesterday on it. It's like he's signing something where you can see the song and the word yesterday. It's like, okay, it's like having them sign, you know, the song itself as far as I was concerned. So I have, uh, there's a handful of pictures that are iconic to me. Uh, Kiss, where they are in the snow celebrating the 4th of July and they're doing the uh, July 4th with the whole, the piper yeah. and the drummer and all that stuff. That was one of them. Uh, Metallica's Garage Days, one of my favorite pictures. I can do everybody's pose in that <laughs> yeah, picture yeah. <laughs> and then there's and also sound like them and, and sound like them uh there's also in the top three or four is a picture of the beatles and you'll either see it labeled uh, shy paul hiding paul uh, it's a picture that linda took and i made sure that i brought that it's the one where there it's like a it's a side view of the guys but paul's like down low they're like walking yes and they you just they, see their heads yeah and it's and it's it's shy paul or hiding paul there's there, there's different names for it 
When you see it, you'll know exactly what it is. But it was a picture that Linda took, and that was in my mind as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got and I got that signed. That's what I had him sign. Dan tried to get a couple fucking different things signed, yeah, and then Paul called him my brother. One of them for my sister. <laughs> it's like if I stole right. his album. I mean, the one he signed was my brother's album that I stole. Which, so, which, yeah, yeah there's I all tried, kinds of thievery going I wanted, on. Here. I wanted two for myself. Don't ask me why. I just did. And then I wanted one don't for my brother, one for my sister. So he signed the one, and that's plenty. And uh, and so that was good. And I get it with with eBay. And somebody gives you a stack of albums, you're like, screw you. Why do you need all these? And that's a good point. But but I'm we not, figured we had built up that friendship with him in 25 minutes. That but, yeah. That Exactly. Come on, Paul. And he kind of put me in my place. He's like, well, Dan, really, we only signed just one. I'm like, that's cool. So he's uh, given that speech before. Yeah. But, <laughs> yes. but here's the thing: during while he's signing, he's sitting there talking to us some more. It's like, and I kept the tape rolling the whole time just for the jibber jabber. I know you did. I know you did. That's something that you need to hear, Greg. Yeah. And, and it's again, it's like, Paul, don't you have to be somewhere, brother? It's like, thank you so much, but God, I mean, I could sit there and talk another twelve hours with you, but you know what, Greg? And I, well, let's find out. Because I know you wanted to throw the whole thing in where he says, thank you, Archie. Let me let me get you a copy of that interview. And maybe that's something that the vinyl analysis listeners might, might get into. Because, it's, Dan, it's something I reference. And it's just something that I know Dan is super proud of and I'm super proud of. You will never get bigger than Paul McCartney. You can't. Yeah. You can't do it. But Dan and I have a hell of a Robert Plant story. But we're going to save that for season three when Danny comes back in and we do principal moments of Robert Plant because I know that's a big record for him and it was me as well. So, uh, Dan, hey, now remember, gang, if you listen to Vinyl Analysis on iTunes, please leave comments. Please leave comments. That's that's very important. Why is that important, Greg? Well, because it helps other people stumble upon us. So it kind of bumps us up. Uh, you know the list if you're searching for like-minded content. There you go. And as far as and as far as the Spotify playlist, just play all of Ram as much as you can. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, be Danny, one. pick a favorite. Go ahead and uh, oh, go ahead and, and see what you see what you. What, no, what do you, I don't have to look at this. I know what the hell I'll am I doing? You, this is a tough one because um, the whole album is just so weird. And 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 I kind of going back to originally when we were talking about this at the beginning of the discussion. The album still just sounds fresh. I guess that's why I love it. Every time this this many years later. It sounds brand new to me and hip, and I think we were saying before we were rolling here that that it sounds like an indie record, and it's just a fun. It's both hooky as hell, and I'm guess I'm gonna say, dear boy, and wow, yeah. I mean, there's so many Monkberry Moon Delight. I love. I know you love, I love that. Ram I thought on. that's I thought that's where you were gonna go because yeah. Monkberry Moon Delight. That's a song that I yeah. even associate with us and you. Oh, I, I think. I, and then Robbers on High Street did a cover of it, and that they, was great. Oh, um, but, what an amazing show! That but was. yeah, um, I'm gonna go with that. I mean, Ram on, which is just some, such a simple, lovely tune with a ukulele, totally gets me every time. Hell, it's it's my license plate. I got Ram on on my license plate. But, um, <laughs> well, you have a I'm Dodge Ram, boy, and I'll let you, Freddie Mercury. Love that song too. You listen to that album. There's a lot of like the falsetto and the melodic stuff. It's very pre-Queen if you listen to it. I love every song on this album. Yep. But as I've said a million times on Final Analysis, it's always that opening song. Too many people uh, is my favorite. I fought with that and the backseat of my car. There's something about that song that feels like it could have fit on on Rubber Soul or yeah. something that could have fit on Revolver. It just it feels like that kind of vibe to me. As as um as we talked about Uncle Albert and Admiral Halsey feels like a Wings yeah. a, a Wings song, a precursor to what Paul was kind of envisioning with the with with the band Wings, but 
Um, definitely too many people and the backseat of my car. I know there are bookends on that record, but they are my two favorite songs on that album. You know, backseat of my car was the UK single. He released Uncle Albert just to the US as a single, and and backseat of my car to the UK as a single. So if you go over to England and you play Uncle Albert, not that they don't know the song because it's McCartney, of course, but they'll be they'll be like, why are they playing this on the radio? So to them, Uncle Albert is not a hit. Over here. If you play Backseat of My Car, nobody will even know who it is, probably. You know? Right, right. But, but they're both these, again, epic songs. Uh, Backseat of My Car has, like, I think it's the New York Philharmonic, the horns. It's just so, that maybe that's why it's I so get, huge sounding. Maybe that's why I get the Beatle vibe with that one. Oh, yeah. And, and like Uncle Albert, it's in sections. It, 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 it takes pieces of songs, and it's like, God, this song just keeps developing <laughs> yeah, to something better right? and better. Yeah. There's an awesome video, Archie, that you shared with us, and I'll make sure we put it on uh, QFM96. The making of Ram. Yeah, but in it, he says uh, part of it is he's coming off of these Beatles records where he has to, they they feel like they have to make something important. And I feel like this is his release of, I'm just going to, Almost like a garage band yeah. type of a vibe. Right, right. Just right. Around right. And, and just strings, Paul strings felt the, song the together. same way about this record that we all do. Yeah, he appreciates it and is like, "Oh my God, that's where I was. Yeah, mentally, or that's where I was. Well, that's I was, what I was thinking with that with that song. This like this record is shoulders. Let's just go to a, a Scottish farm amazing. and make a record. It's amazing. Well, yeah, uh, McCartney was the first record, and that's just exactly what he did. He Greg. made it out there. Yeah, and he got some criticism for it, so he actually made this album. To me, New this York sounds like he made it in yeah. a Scottish farm. He actually recorded this in New York and a little bit of L.A. But the songs but he sure wrote, sounds like but, yeah, it sure yeah, sounds like Scottish the, farm to me. But the songs were written yeah, on that farm when absolutely. he was out there, you know, you know, with the sheep and what do they call <laughs> yeah. that, shearing them and all that good yeah, shit. Yeah. When he was, I mean, I. I think it was created. It sounds but, like a record that was written there at the farmhouse, no like he pressure. did with McCartney. Absolutely. No pressure. But yeah. I think it obviously it was it was recorded in New York. But. Yeah, but yeah, the balls it must have took him to to follow the Beatles. I mean, coming off put that coming out. off Abbey Road. You know, that was the last thing that was released. Not you know, or I mean, I'm sorry, Let It Be was the last one released. But Abbey Road was the last thing they recorded. Coming off that majestic studio gem to to come off with these songs, which. Got heavily criticized. God, I love he didn't this even record. attempt it. He did not even record. attempt to try to sound like the Beatles. And that's what's so cool. You still listen to these today. It's like, man, this is such a departure. And he didn't care. It's like he was doing just stuff for his it's my own favorite, man. It's my favorite, Danny. Yeah. yeah, McCartney is a great album, but to me, it totally pales to Ram. Ram is so strong every song, every time. Uh, what's happening, Dan? For the folks here in Columbus, I, I know we are worldwide here on this podcast, Vinyl Analysis, mm-hmm. but uh, like a weekly gig, where? because I know people ask, hey, where's Dan? Is he going to be here? Is he there? Uh, where can people catch you? Uh, website is danorlive.com okay. or danorproject.com. It's the same site. takes you to the same schedule. The The schedule has been, the website has been screwed up for about a half year now, but the schedule remains. So there's a lot on that website that doesn't make any sense. It's mixed it's one up. one of my favorite movies, The Schedule yes. Remains, by the, the way. Schedule Remains oh, the same. So oh. You can at least find out where I or we are. The <laughs> band still plays a couple times a month, and I still play anywhere from two to six times a week. Would love to see you out. Man, and, yes, and, and let me throw this out there, too. Uh, Dan is also in the backup group for, uh, well, let's see. He is in Joey Mullins' uh, band. He's in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're doing so many cool things, Dan, so I, I'm excited for people well, to hop it, over man. there and, and check out what, what you've got going on. I will say this. Come January, when season three kicks off, yeah, season three, we are going to do Robert Plant, Principal mm-hmm. of Moments, because that was uh, number number one. That is one of my favorite, and I say I have like top fives and, and shit like that. That's my favorite record. Mm-hmm. My favorite record. I associate Principal of Moments 
with vinyl. Oh, and yeah. that that is that's a summer record for me. And we got to meet Robert Plant. That was yeah. probably the second best thing you and I have ever done, other than our, <laughs> our kids. But uh, yeah. we got to tell that story. And we'll talk him. about it then. But he's another one of those who's beyond cool. He was like, one of the nicest guys I've like met in the business. He's like a fan, like not a fan of his, but he's a fan of music. He just loves talking music. Yes, you know, and you can just talk with that guy and eating fried chicken. And that too, he loves yes, he his fried chicken, man. <laughs> Dan Orr, thank yep. you so much. Thank you, boys. Always for, enjoy it. For producer Greg Hansberry, I am Arch Madness, and this has been Vinyl Analysis. Ram on. I cried. <laughs>